Steve, Andrew, and Jonathan are three married doctoral students with a podcast, a time machine, and a chain-smoking monkey. Can they finish their dissertations, manage their family lives, and their quirky personalities, all while locked in the studio? With a little romance and a ton of trouble along the way, they'll get there any way they can. It's Unsold TV Pilots this Thursday, 9 p.m., 8 central, only on... The following program is brought to you in living color. As early as 1923, David Sarnoff recognized the possibility of developing a television system. This is the dimension of imagination. Oh, yeah! Now I remember! It's Inside the Box, the TV history podcast. And welcome to Inside the Box, the TV history podcast. I'm Jonathan Bullinger, and with me as always are Steve Voorhees. Steve, how are you doing? Good, Jonathan. How are you? I am ready to go. I'm very excited for this episode. And, of course, Andrew J. Salvati. Andrew, same question to you. How are you? Uh, great. Just, uh, you know, looking around here for the chain-smoking monkey. Uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Why it's underused on uh, network television, I'll never know. I'll but, never know. Uh, it, it can't go wrong. Well, if you've listened to us before and you're looking for a bit of an academic discussion that delves deeply into television history, well, this might not exactly be the episode for you. However, if you're in the mood to have a good time for the next 20 or so minutes, then we've got a fun episode prepared for you today. We're basically taking a lighthearted look at the subject of television uh, pilots. So for those of you who may not be familiar with the term, we're simply talking about television programs that are pitched to networks, and if the network sees some potential, they are going to order a pilot or an introductory episode from the production company. Now, that doesn't mean that producers are making money or that that show is guaranteed to air. Let me just give you a very brief overview of how the process works. Traditionally, most producers foot the bill for the pilot, not the television network. So ideally, a writer or producer would produce a pilot, The network agrees to air it, loves it, and starts paying the producer real money. However, these days, due to the cost of television production and vertical integration, a writer will typically pitch an idea to a production studio. These studios are often connected via ownership with the networks. However, sometimes, if a writer can get a big-name producer interested, think somebody like a Jerry Bruckheimer or a Tom Cruise or like a Chuck Lorre, That producer can usually skip the studio and go straight to the network. Basically, the studio provides the money and production resources to the writer-producer to make the pilot. They advance the creative person the money in the hopes when the studio airs it, the fees that the studio pays will cover these costs. Pitching a show to a network begins typically in June or July. You have a better shot if you already have the backing of a studio when you pitch it eventually to the network. And so in this process, notes are given by both the studio and the network about what each one wants. And these are often very different. And so if a network buys the pitch and then it gets turned into an outline with the hope it will then get transformed ultimately into a pilot script. If the outline is ordered to become a pilot script, well, this usually happens around Halloween and writers typically attempt to get their completed pilot script into the networks by Thanksgiving. More network notes are added, the bane of all writers, and the writers need to get those revised pilot scripts back to the network by Christmas or possibly to the first week or two after New Year's at the latest. Now, there are many terms used for the various types of filming orders networks can give, and if you've ever read Variety or Hollywood Reporter, they use them all the time. 
but basically the writer-producer is hoping the network agrees to order filming of the pilot script. Again, there are many different types based on how desirable the show is perceived or how much juice the creative producer has. And for this episode, we'll post some links on the tvhistorypod.com site uh, for some of these details. So only a small percentage of the pilot scripts that were ordered in the fall are given a go-ahead to hire a cast and actually film the script. For example, for this year, ABC picked up 24, NBC picked up 21, and CBS picked up 17. Actual filming of pilot season occurs in March and April. Traditionally, the month of May has been the time for network upfronts. And if you've never heard of these, this is where the networks attempt to get advertisers excited about their new offerings and hopefully sell a bunch of ad space. The few shows that do get scheduled for air still have to few, film rather a few more episodes over the summer in order to have something after the pilot airs. Of course, these days, a show could receive a lot of publicity and hype from the network, only to have the network kill the show only after airing two or three episodes. Any way you look at it, the traditional network television business model is a rough one, where lots of good and bad ideas are left discarded across the television landscape as just ideas, some written, some filmed as a pilot, and some comprising a full season, yet barely seen by most people. So that's the brief introduction. But really what we want to get into is basically that today, for fun, Andrew, Steve, and I are going to pitch each other old pilot ideas that never quite went anywhere. And these are coming from a wonderful uh, book for, on television pilots written by Lee Goldberg, um, which I'll also put a link to on the, uh, on the TV History Pod site. So I realize you're two both very busy television executives. You've both been newly promoted to your positions as head of television development for the network. That means we're anxious to make our mark. <laughs> yeah, that is. Well, you know what? And I think, uh, I think I can help you really lay down the foundation and the legacy that I think, and I know, I know that you both can, uh, can uh, achieve here for the, for the network. So here's what I want to tell you about an exciting new idea. It's called The Tiger of Sonora. Now, I know what you're thinking. Immediately, you're thinking this is happening in the Wild West, and you'd be right. So the Tiger of Sonora. <laughs> were, were we supposed to be thinking that? <laughs> Wild West. No, now I know what you're saying. Okay, it's the Wild West. So it has to be about a sheriff or an outlaw. But you'd be wrong. It's not about a sheriff or an outlaw, but it's definitely the Wild West. And the Wild West is very hot right now. Cowboys versus Aliens did very well at the box office, if you don't look at the box office. Now, Tiger of Sonora. Tiger of Sonora. Now, if it can't be a sheriff... And it can't be an outlaw, but you know it's in the Wild West. I know what you're thinking. Kung Fu guys? No, of course it's not Kung Fu guys. Oh. It's the next obvious thing, and that is this. It's a Russian adventurer oh. in the Old West. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. I've got your attention. Thank you. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's Russian. So what he would be possibly doing in the Wild West? Well, it's obvious. Spreading He's, communism? Maybe even more obvious. <laughs> He's obviously a Robin Hood figure. Hmm. He's a Robin Hood figure. So let's put it all together. Old West, Russian adventurer as Robin Hood figure. The Tiger of Sonora. Would you be willing to put this on the air? I don't interested? know many Russian tigers. Do you have any 
Do you have any? Maybe you have some questions for me about. Do you have any questions about? Yeah. This? What What year was this pitched? Uh, I'm thinking Cold War because I mean you have the Russian <laughs> Robin Hood thing. There's always the association, the Is the association between Marxism and uh, robbing from the rich and giving to the poor, right? So this seems to fit right in there to that that stereotype or is, that trope. Is this pre-Cuban Missile Crisis? This is this is pre-Cuban Missile Crisis. All right, but I think it can still be hot now. I think it can be very hot now. Old now, Russian or young Russian? Look, you know, CSI New Orleans is NCIS New Orleans is doing very well, and I think you have successfully turned um, you've successfully turned uh, Quantum Leap there into uh, this year's Quincy. You've aged him dramatically ten years. Um, but no, I really I feel strongly about Tiger of Sonora. Now I don't want to throw names around, but let's say back then maybe Marlon Brando was associated with this project. Mm. Maybe uh, maybe some other hot actor that I could name drop is associated with it. But I want you to be excited about this. So where do you see Tiger of Sonora? Do you, what slot would you put Tiger of Sonora? Because I know you want to buy this. Where would you put this? Tiger of Sonora, Russian adventurer, Robin Hood figure, saving the little people of the old west. Saturday, five a.m. <laughs> Now that's not where I'm seeing it. I not now I respect you and I respect your decisions in this new administration, but this feels more like maybe this is a this maybe is a this Tuesday is, or Wednesday, I think. It maybe right, maybe nine. How about right after the Big Bang? Okay, Big Bang Theory, I think this is a strong follow up. I think that could be a great I think uh I don't even a, know what night that's on. Plucky plucky, MIT, plucky Caltech youthful scientists. Yeah. And a Russian Robin Hood adventure okay. in the Old West. I think it goes together like butter and jam. I mean, I really do. <laughs> no, I'm feeling. I'm feeling. Maybe you're not. You're not strong on this. Maybe you're going to pass on I, this. I, I think it has to come in some kind of action adventure block that we already have in our schedule. Somewhere, okay, right. It's. It needs to fit into. I feel uh, like you might order this as a script. Then I feel like this. You're saying yes to this. I'm well, no, I'm not. You, you asked <laughs> where we'd fit it. Yeah. And and now I'm trying to think, Steve. What kind of action adventure blocks do we have? And uh, <laughs> I'm I'm canceling. Oh. I'm not going any further. Andrew, your network could have this. Please. Yeah, no, no, I don't think and then so. And tell me when I, you're running it so I can run I just don't some make the association of it. Russian and Tiger. It's always been the Russian yeah. bear and that mm. that's a t- that's a terrible title. Well, yeah. you know what? You know what? It's okay. I mean, I'm a little disappointed, but I've got a couple other ideas that I'd like to pass uh, uh, by you later. So, okay. if you'd be open-minded, I'd appreciate it. All right. All right. Well, can I uh, can I go next cuz I have a winner here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I will, okay. I will, I'd love now, to Now, I want to keep in mind that this this is from 1958, all right? But I think it would run really well today. Oh, wait. Hold on. Uh, what what year exactly? 59 to 60. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm one year before you. All right. This is a show, gentlemen, called What is a Man? And this show, it's a documentary. It's going to be uh, hosted by, well, anyone we can really get for it. Uh, I don't have anyone. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that. It'll be a, a more um, elderly, famous actor that we could probably put in here. And mm. what is a man really wants to examine the important roles that men play in the world, mm. like doctors and ball players and even bricklayers. Mm. So each week we will spotlight a man and his job and a man and what he does. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's a 30-minute documentary show called, once again, What is a Man? Okay, now what is a I man? I'm excited about this idea, Steve. I'm very happy you brought this to us. I'm seeing this now. I don't want to speak for Andrew; you might see it differently. But I'm seeing this as an ABC Family primetime special. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing this. This is a weekly show. We don't do specials. 
You know, I don't want to tell you you might be out of a job, Steve, but you, you know, <laughs> just go with me on this. It's a special. I'm seeing I'm seeing certain men who uh, who build houses, maybe houses for humanity or Habitat for Humanity. But then I also see maybe uh, the kids from Glee. You know, the mm-hmm. kids from Glee are sort of showing up and showing what does it be a man. I, I, I like this. I think uh, maybe Paul Olive will get behind this mm-hmm. show. What do you think, Andrew? I'm thinking um, Sunday night. Uh, we have Cronkite host it. Uh, it's going to be on CBS. Um, or alternately, we get Heston to do it because this is what 59. Mm. I mean, who's more manly than that guy? Well, I I do have um, one suggestion. I thought out of the out of the box would be uh, having Barbara Walters host it. Ooh, mm. Barbara mm. Walters, but only if she rides. On the back of Stallone's motorcycle, because I think like she did when she interviewed him in '88. I think that really works. Well, well, see, we could do this now. There is another 30-minute show along the same lines. I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak in a second okay. show here oh, because boy. it's very quick. This is well, very you, ambitious. No, no, what is a man? But I, but here's you the haven't thing. sold this one yet. Well, no, because I'm gonna throw but this I like one out the, here as well. What so is a man? So it, we'll it give him. You like his moxie, I think huh? this is, okay. But this is an hour, so we have 30 minutes. Okay. Of what is a okay. man? And then here's another 30-minute show. We could back end it. and I could package the deal for you. This is uh, 1969, mm. A Guide for the Married Man. And uh, James Frawley uh, is going to be the director. Of course, he's known for the Monkees, Magnum P.I., and Judging Amy, a man of uh, – James Frawley's directed many things over that's the decades. A, that's a straight line. There's no curves there. That's brilliant. You're yeah, right. yeah. Producers Frank, Frank McCarthy, and uh, Frank McCarthy produced Patton, 1970 mm. movie. Oh, right. yes. So he does a lot of research. So th- this, is a, um, this is an episode that would explore topics for a man in a comedic sense, and uh, some of them that we've thought of is how to hire a secretary. Uh, how to explain uh, to your wife about your old girlfriend and how to be a girl watcher while you're married. This is a classy. This, this is, is classy. classy program. Well, this also feels these are like things the that men show. need to worry about. Well, like, not only the jobs they're working, but when you're married, how do you girl watch? There is a technique, and 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 how do you hire that secretary? Well, I, I'm thinking this would also fulfill your EI requirement for broadcasting education information. Oh yes. Mm. Yeah, I can say that. Yeah, okay. Flower. Okay. We'll take care of that FCC requirement. With a straight face, I can agree to that. Sure. <laughs> Andrew true. and I have been exploring the idea of rebranding the Esquire network as a equivalent to Lifetime Men's Only channel, and we feel like your block might be mm. a real mm. solid foundation. So uh, we're, not- we're not looking for the niche audience. We think this is general. In fact, I'm pitching this to ABC. Well, okay. Steve, I'm just going to ask you politely to uh, <laughs> get off the lot. And get out of my office. <laughs> well, ju- just for the record, 1958, What is a Man? was a syndicated show by famous artists that never went anywhere. And A Guide for the Married Man uh, was 1969, pitched to ABC. Hmm. Hmm. I never went anywhere. So I want you to picture this, if you will. I'm going to set the scene here. After a serious accident, sports writer Paul Taylor dies for two minutes on the operating table, and he awakens with a supernatural psychic tie to the world beyond. Voices from beyond the grave send him on missions to help people facing supernatural dangers. Right. I mean, I think this is something that it's uh, it's it's something that we see a lot of. It is a guy with special powers, whatever they may be, um, going around and helping people out of their crappy situations. So this is something that works. It's proven. It's time tested. And um, 
we're going to get uh, Granville Van Dusen to play the uh, lead role, who was the uh, voice from uh, the Adventures of Johnny Quest uh, for a while there. Um, and I, I think this is going to be a good one. I think this is going to be a hit. Now, uh, sorry, uh, Steve, but i got to go first here. Well, by all means. Admittedly, you have me mm-hmm. at Van Heusen. Mm-hmm. But the real question is, will he still be racing cars every week? Um, we can put that in there. I mean, I sure. Think that has to be up Perhaps front. he has a supernatural co-pilot or a supernatural car or a motorcycle or something. Now, that have works, you considered right? maybe the car talks? Hmm. Just an idea. Okay. Because what I'm hearing... We're getting out of the range of the supernatural here, and I don't I'm know if I like that. supernatural car race, and I like that. Supernatural car race. Yes, and his antagonists are other supernatural race car drivers, from which he must save the common folk, the good people of wherever, uh, from these marauding demons. But where is this story taking place? Um, where would you like it to take place? So <laughs> I want to be as flexible as possible because I want to sell this thing. However, I feel like we still might be able to get Werner Klemper from Hogan's Heroes. Hmm. So if the villains could possibly be Nazis. Oh, just throwing that out there. Supernatural Nazis. This is Nazi why Steve zombies. has his job. And yeah. I don't throw the word around a lot, <laughs> but he's a genius. Okay, so we have we have two metaphysical conflicts here. We have our hero, uh, Granville Van Dusen, who is helping common people out with their everyday problems. And then up in the psychic ether, we have Nazi zombies facing off against the good spirits that are helping our hero on his quest. Right. So could one of those spirits possibly be FDR? It, 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 so so the, he's, he's a good guy, right? Okay. <laughs> so he's going to be facing off against the... Okay. Okay. Like, like, he could have a plucky companion. <laughs> okay. But I'm also thinking maybe FDR. <laughs> <laughs> FDR is his co-pilot. Exactly. Is uh, FDR wheelchair bound? Well, look, if we're going to have those car chases, because mm. he's a race car driver. Right. So I think we have to have a specially modified vehicle. That like FD- Ironside? <laughs> like Ironside, or maybe... Maybe FDR possesses other <laughs> race <car drivers laughs> bodies, but then he's a bad guy. No, no, no. It's all in the in the FDR is a Nazi. No, FDR is on the right side of the of the of the world. Okay, he's just inhabiting inhabiting other bo- other drivers just to help our protagonist week week in and week out. But I, I like this. I feel like there's I feel like there's a lot of uh, potential here. Especially because we want to stay as close to your original concept as possible, and I think I'm helping do that. Um, so, Steve, what do you think about um, supernatural race car driving? I just had to get you more on the periscope oh, to make sure that yeah, this idea yeah. was not we're, coming we're, from. We're a, missing from an some great face. Person. I know. <laughs> right here. We Jonathan really are. Space needs to get credit for this idea. Uh, what was the question? I wasn't paying attention. Supernatural race car driving. Now, don't what don't do forget, he is a sports writer too. So maybe oh. there's another conflict what, what here. What sports does he write about? Can we get uh, George all sports? Clinton? He's a local uh, television uh, sportscaster. Is he a slob like Oscar Madison? Hmm. Maybe he has a roommate. <laughs> maybe FDR's that, his roommate. <laughs> maybe that is part of FDR's mission, which is to be the Tony Randall to make him change his <laughs> change his ways. <laughs> 
as he pursues justice. He's a sloppy hero, and FDR's yeah. got to be there to clean up. Can he these was, two he men was, live together without driving each other look, crazy? Driving each other <laughs> crazy, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's all yeah, Jonathan's together. quick. He I picks up this. on that stuff. I love it. You know what? You know, Andrew, I normally don't say yes in the room, but I think you got a yes. First yes, I, I think, think Andrew right? just took my parking spot on the lot. Oh, for sure. All right. For sure. All right. Well, yeah. it was called World of Darkness. It was a CBS drama, not a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I got to stop you there. Okay. Maybe I spoke too soon. World of Darkness kind of kind of brings up an idea of like a really dark world. Mhm. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh I don't know if viewers are really going to get behind that. So, uh, you know, I think we have to come up with something else, but again, it's true true to the uh to the idea, true to the essence. So maybe something like um Ghost on Wheels. <laughs> now, while you guys are are thinking through that idea, wow. I wanna I wanna I wanna pitch you sort of a half idea. This is something that now all the ideas I've given you so far they're gold, they're winners. We understand this. This one I'm admitting that needs some work. So I'm I'm pitching it to you maybe in case you have some ideas. Okay, here's the dynamite premise, but it admittedly needs a little work. So, Jose Perez is a would-be race car driver. I like it already. He would be. And Raul Julia is his friend, a would-be race car designer. Now, together, they are building a car that they dream of one day racing in professional competition. So this is all about just people dreaming to be something. Hold on. Now, here's, here's where it really comes together. To earn the money they need to build that dream car, they do the obvious. They operate the ace moving and hauling service. End of pitch. Hmm. <laughs> Where the hell did they get the moving truck? <laughs> <laughs> so now, it's really about two movers. So first they got to get they're the truck. Car, they're race car driver. Really race car driver. There would be. Yeah. So, so they haven't done it yet. Look, it needs a little work. I admit a little bit. Not much. Yeah. Just a smidge. But you've got race car driver, race car designer, and hey, they're moving stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, yeah, two guys moving stuff in uh, deferred dreams. I think. Um, and I want and I want to I want to make so sure. So what's you your guys... pilot episode? What happens? Well, I think I just I think I just set that up. I they mean, they have to move they're, something. They have to move something. Now, I just want to make sure you guys understand. We have Raul Julia. Yeah, he's a fantastic yeah, actor. Yeah. I think when he's moving somebody's stuff, you're gonna believe it. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I believe him moving things. Yeah. So anyway, that's just something else now. you can think about. I know it's not perfect, but you know, would be race car driver, would be race car designer. You get them to move things with their mind, and I might buy into it. Maybe this is a double feature with the uh, Ghost on Wheels. Yeah, I mean, it, it does driver. have the, the whole racing uh, aspect to mm. it. Maybe we can have a race car driver Might block. be a good lead-in. So people yeah. see people wanting to build race cars, and then you're sure they're actually racing. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe Raul Julia, is who designs FDR's wheels. Crossover episode. Mm. Cro- yeah, it's very hot right now. Flash and, uh, flash and Green Arrow. When so. is right now? Right now is whenever you want it to be, <laughs> if we got the cash. If we got to go with this pilot, I'm with If you. we stay in the studio much longer, we're going to be buying things from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
if we want to keep with the automotive theme, I got one for you, if you're ready for it. Steve just had lunch. I just got out of a fantastic but, meeting, and I'm ready to hear Yeah, I mean, ideas. as somebody who's pitching to executives, I have to, you know, just be prepared for them, you know, eating in front of me and really not I bring the of, sandwich to make it look like I'm not interested. I, I mean, it's, I know. can't let it throw me off, is what I'm saying right. here, is I just got to be prepared, I got to be focused, and I got to know my product, which That's is right. this. Go. Picture this. After his brother is killed by a psychopathic hit-and-run driver, Rick Benson becomes a secret vigilante who roams the roads of Southern California, fighting all sorts of vehicular crimes with his souped-up tow truck. Nancy Allen is a radio talk show host who becomes romantically involved with Benson, because, you know, you gotta have a little sex involved here, too. Um, so... Uh, the truck is outfitted with uh, all sorts of gadgets. Um, so we have, you know, missile launchers and ejector seats and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, we're really hoping to do this as um, a two-hour uh, movie. Uh, we can have it in the Friday night, um, you know, movie slot. Uh, and um, we'll take it from there. I, I don't know. Souped-up tow truck... Imagine the possibilities. I mean, you have technology, you have vigilante roaming around the countryside, helping people out. Uh, again, I think fits right in there with your ghost on FDR wheels or whatever it was that you have uh, running on Tuesday night. Look, Andrew, I'm intrigued, I'll be honest, but let's get down to brass tacks. What's the top speed on this truck? Top speed is about... 70. So uh, we're not talking fast here. We're not talking about, uh, you know, Knight Rider or anything like that. Uh, We're talking slow, but we make up for it uh, with all of our gadgets and with sheer bulk and mass and power. Yeah, because I'm thinking if we could have a few episodes where the crime happens around the demolition derby... We might got something. Oh, of course. Who do you think they're going to call to uh, to clean up that mess after the demolition derby? Yeah. They're going to call yeah. Rick Benson and his tricked-out tow truck. I, I'm buying the Benson. In fact, I already have a theme song that uh, I think would work. And maybe we should have played the theme, Andrew, while you were... Uh... No. This is under copyright. I don't know if we can touch this. <laughs> Come on, Rick Benson no. and his souped-up tow truck. Yeah. Taking care of vehicular, vehicular crimes. Right. Now... It's important that we situate this in Southern California because it's vehicular crime. There's a lot of vehicular crime. Oh, oh, absolutely. Now, we're going to need to have some vehicular manslaughter. We're going to have to have um, some situations of armed robbery with fast getaway cars. Sure. Um, Now, do you think the tow truck could take on a small, light aircraft? Oh, yeah. We have a surface-to-air missile right in the back of that thing. That takes Any a lot. gadget you need, we can use. Think Batman. I mean, whatever that takes we a need. Lot of, that takes a lot of worry off my mind. If we, need a, uh, if we need the antidote for the purple elephant poison, Rick mm. Benson's got yeah. it. We're going to have Ken Wall, who uh, was uh, Ken Wall, I can't remember. Vinny Terranova from the TV series Wise Guy. Oh, yes, Wise Guy. Yes. So he's going to be our tow truck driver. Hmm. Norman Fell. Kevin Wall. Ken Wall. Yeah, he, he, Ken Wall, though, has those rugged 80s good looks, mm-hmm. you know? Um, hmm. Yeah, you don't want that. He's going to upstage. Well, he's no Hasselhoff. Let's let's just put it on the table. Few are, but... I don't Ken want Hasselhoff a, driving a tow truck, you know? I don't really see him as a tow truck driver. Ken Wall in a tow truck. Yeah, I, I think maybe. Uh, maybe. I mean, 
Okay. Right. Uh, well, yes, this indeed was called Gladiator. It was on ABC. It was a drama. It was really called Gladiator. It was really called oh, Gladiator. That is an awful title. Yeah. Um, I found a review of this movie. It was two hours, and it did indeed premiere in the Monday uh, ABC movie slot in February 1986. Uh, but a review said uh, that the truck was outfit with minor league 007 devices, and quote, if the screenplay is dopey, the performances match, end quote. Um, and it also said that uh, the movie was, quote, an early leader for the most dreadful TV movie of 1986, oh. end quote. Well, that's quite a title to hold, though. That's quite a, title to, yeah. Yeah, that's quite yeah. a title to hold. Not everything can be the worst of 1986. Not everything can be Gladiator. No, no. apparently not. Here's to that. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, if you've actually stayed with us through this entire episode, yeah, let me Steve. pitch to you a podcast about unsold pilots. It never, it'll never go. Yeah, I think never so. go. Mm. But if you've stayed with us, we appreciate it. Um, it is a silly episode, but I know we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, if this is the first time listening, thanks so much. Catch us on Twitter. Catch us on uh, Facebook, and also, of course, catch us always at www.tvhistorypod.com. Um, we uh, will have a new episode for you in uh, two weeks, although it, it may be a familiar episode. We'll see. And then uh, in about a month from now, we have a very exciting episode coming up, uh, which we still can't tell you about, but we will be teasing it soon enough. Uh, thanks again for uh, listening. As always, for myself, I'm Jonathan Bullinger, Andrew J. Salvati, Steve Voorhees. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. The following program is brought to you in living color. As early as 1923, David Sarnoff recognized the possibility of developing...